Hello, wild one. Welcome to the Shamanic Tantra Podcast. I'm your host, Holly Taraya, and I'm honored to have you on this journey with me. My intention with this show is to create a sacred space for conversations around all the things I wish I were taught growing up. I'm here to remind you that all of you is sacred. Every emotion, every experience, and every energy that runs through your body and heart is holy. Shamanic Tantra is a path I walk and it's a path of liberation. Freedom that's found deep within the body and deep inside the breath. It's a path of reclamation, of integrating every shade of who you are. The wild, the wonderful, the primal, and the pure. All is welcome here. It's a path of truth, of devotion to the pulsing, quivering truth of this very moment. As that's all there ever is. May we love each other, may we honor each other, and may we celebrate each other as we walk each other home. Aho, and on we go. Hello, everybody. This is Holly Taraya coming at you live with the Shamanic Tantra podcast right from the jungles of Costa Rica. And today I have a very dear soul brother friend, Zach Gallardo, joining us today for this beautiful deep dive into polarity, into polyamory, into jealousy, into conscious competition, and into how to utilize relationships as a tool to access higher states of consciousness and expansion. And so this is such a juicy episode today. It's one of my favorite. It could have been a seven hour recording, but we compressed it to a nice juicy hour and 20 minutes for you. So let's dive in. Enjoy today's show. <laughs> and I mean, do you want to do it all like before, like the way you're, you're saying it? Like oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's drop in a little bit here. And cause yeah. I'm, I'm also, I'm also curious to hear, you know, how <clears throat> you in this moment on March 20th, 2023 how you introduce yourself to the world okay yeah well i'm then shall we begin <laughs> let's begin yeah well my name is zach and i am the co-owner of uh, the polarity dojo which is a facebook group that i run with another brother kevin oros whom you know and um it is a group that is dedicated towards masculine and feminine energetics in relationships and specifically in conscious relationships so that we can all have like conscious and happy, healthy, fulfilling relationships. Um, Cause I think that we, yeah, break free of so many constraints when we're on like an awakened conscious path. And sometimes we throw out the polarity principles, you know, with the bathwater, we throw that baby out. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's really wise to bring, it back down into like a grounded practical approach for those of us who really are quite unique and expansive and take a different approach towards dating and relating. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I'm a channel and facilitator for growth and spiritual evolution through relationships. Yes. Yes, you are. Yeah. Mm. The dating and relating one of the most charged and confusing and exciting oh. and transformative spaces as human beings. Yeah. A personal playground, I suppose. 
you know, mm-hmm. for me, it feels like one, maybe also a battlefield at times, but you know, I think that that's common. Love is a battlefield. <laughs> <laughs> you can't say that and not expect me to sing that. <laughs> I would have been upset if you didn't. <laughs> so I'd love for us to speak our desires into the space of some mm. things that we'd love to drop into and like just riff on. Um, for me, and and also, you know, we may just have to do like a round two or three. Also, Ooh. like mm-hmm. we're going we're going into like deep and juicy topics, and so that the desire the desires don't all have to be met in this space, but just planting some seeds for this or future conversations. I would love to dive into polarity and really mm-hmm. dive into hearing, you know, riffing back and forth between your masculine perspective and my feminine perspective of what mm. creates polarity and what can sometimes kill polarity. I would love to dive into relationship styles and how to find ways within our couplings and loverships to navigate finding the right relationship styles for ourselves. Hmm. And um, if there's time, I would love to dive into the energetics um, and play space of domination and submission in, hmm. in, the, in sort of the kink world and how that space can really help us to bring polarity into our relationships. Yeah. So those are my desires. (laughs) And I also realize those are like maybe like five podcasts worth of content. But well, honestly, I'm I'm just stoked because I I don't even remember the exact thread we wanted to touch on first. But um, yes, yes and yes. Um, right to all three my favorite word and, my favorite yeah. word <laughs> and um also the fourth yes to future ones because i i really do feel like you and i could sit across from a table and converse and bring codes in for hours on hours and hours and hours and hours so mm-hmm. yeah um very available it's it's very charging i love our dynamic that we have even over the screen yeah. um so yeah, if there was another specific thing that I wanted to go into, um, I, yeah, hmm. I feel like you pretty much hit it because the, one of the things I love is being able to create more conscious, like dynamics and relationships and maybe, maybe, um, marriage and, and courtship is slash marriage slash union and courtship is like interesting mm-hmm. to, to talk about because there are like, ways that I think you can experience union, um, without being married. And also there's like programming. I think that a lot of people have with regards to finding the one. And Mm. I think that that, um, dilutes the relationship dating experience for a lot of people because their projections are so strong. They're missing what's in front of them. So yes, Mm. maybe, uh, conditioning around the one, you know, might be, might be Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That that's 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 such a juicy one. You know, it's like a uh one of my favorite <laughs> mantras that I love to uh, embody around the one. And I think we can also apply this to any part of our lives, finding the one career path, the one ah. partner, the one place we're supposed to live, yeah. you know, um is what would it be like if, if we instead focused on getting what we want and getting mm. the one if we focus on becoming what we want and becoming the one and that became like our our driving purpose yeah yeah that's i think that 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 download is like starting to um be 
dispersed throughout the collective mm. right now. I, I'm hearing it in that exact way. Instead of finding the one, become the one. Okay, and, yeah, good. I've, this is good. Yeah. <laughs> this is good too, because I'm not on social media and I'm really not in like a mm. lot of online spaces. So it's great to to hear what's happening out there in the world, yeah. out of the jungle. <laughs> I got you covered. Polarity great. News by Zach on the- Thank yeah. you. Thank you. <laughs> So with all of these desire seeds that we've planted today in the in the soils of Shakti, mm. which one feels the most, which one gives you the most turn on and aliveness to bring into the space in this moment? Hmm. Well, God, my, I mean, my brain's all in like structure mode a little. So I'm like, well, talking about polarity first would create a good frame for the rest of the dialogue. Uh -huh. But the, um, the space we're in right now with like finding the one and then possible alternative relationship styles. I mean, that, that to me is like, then can paint everything else. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. I, lo I love already in this conversation, how much polarity you and I are holding. <laughs> I'm like, where do you feel it in your body? Like what turns you on? And you're like, well, from a, <laughs> from a logistical perspective, it makes sense to start here. I love it. We're already, we're already in the, we're already in. Yes. Okay. So this whole concept of, I love what you said about how, when people are projecting this desire or this fantasy or this goal of finding the one dilutes. Mm. the potential relationship dynamics so yeah let's start there tell me more yeah yeah um well I think at first I'll start from like my experience because you know I was raised like Christian and was told essentially like don't even have sex until you're married mm. and um you have to find the right the one person that you want to spend the rest of your life with before you um engage sexually with with them and um you know i took that on until i was like 18 years old so it was actually even you know i didn't i didn't actually lose my virginity until i was 18 and um so i uh yeah but when i when i did it was like my whole world cracked open because I, I lost it in a, in a very 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 interesting story and and way that there was it was all, almost like a there were multiple people around it was like a an exp i was like an innocent you know young boy and i'm like what is mm. happening but so very early on i like realized that um because I, I had to question i was like am i saving myself for me or for my parents that they desired mm -hmm. you know this so very early on i was uh you know thrown into an experience that that shifted my mindset a lot and i realized that there was just so much because i learned so much about myself from that experience and i um you know went on to like explore and the exploration was like every single time you know sometimes there's pain sometimes there's pleasure and sometimes you don't even know the difference between the two. Huh. And uh, they, uh, yeah, until I kind of came to this, you know, realization that, <clears throat> yeah, this this whole one aspect was was not really hitting it properly for me. I couldn't quite, I'm like, there's so many people in so many different ways to create, and especially, you know, going through like a spiritual awakening, it even amplified that, that idea for me. Mm. Yeah. So it's, it's something that, you know, even from a young age, we have the, like the Disney movies and stuff that you're like a princess trapped in a tower and you're only going to be awakened once I kiss you. And mm -hmm. like, you know, there, there, those narratives are very, very deeply rooted. I think even bio biologically, because we, because they exist, 
there's obviously some resonance to the story for us. Mm -hmm. And that like, yeah, a woman being like a damsel in distress waiting for the one, it's kind of hot. You know, we kind of, we kind of love playing that, that out. It's super fun to save uh-huh. women and uh-huh. super fun to be saved. Uh-huh. Um, so I think that most of us are really happy to play that out for the rest of our lives until we awaken. Uh-huh. And then something begins to shift. And so if it's not the Prince Charming that's awakening us in this new 2.0 fairy tale, then what is it? Yeah. Well, the, um, I mean, the cliche answer is it's you, babe. That's, You're yeah, awakening. It's all you. You. <laughs> As one of my former coaches would say, she's like, it's all you, bitch. It's all, it's you. all you. It's all you, bitch. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but that we don't have, first of all, we don't have role models, right? So there's no one mm-hmm. who's like, we're kind of carving our own paths because just even the generation before us still had quite, quite, quite unconscious, I would say, relating styles. And, um, you know, I, my parents are not together anymore. And I watched a divorce take place for like 10 years. And mm-hmm. I, I've been investigating, you know, what went wrong. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So that's my parents are a big inspiration for me for choosing alternative routes. Right. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. That totally makes sense. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, mom and dad in that way. Right. For providing yes. deep inspiration <laughs> onto the true path. Yeah. And the crazy thing is that my mom was actually the one that like woke up during the relationship. And I, again, feel like this is so like archetypal right now for the collective, which is that the woman wakes up and leaves the man. And because he just doesn't, it it would be different if he was engaged in some sort of inner work journey, if he cared about, you know, if if he cared about being a more vital man and, and expressing more energy and he was more intentional and learned to communicate better and like solve problems at a deeper level. But like mm. over time, I, I, and the crazy thing is that like y'all, y'all women are like super loyal and you will hang on for a decade mm-hmm. for a relationship that you probably should have left, you know, just because you, you want to be like loyal. And so I have a lot mm-hmm. of like reverence and respect for that. Yeah. Um, but at to some, have and to hold. Exactly. But I just have seen that at some point, the weight of suppressed actualization is just always too much to bear eventually. Yeah. And it lives in the body, right? Mm-hmm, it does. Like, <laughs> it, it, I, I always refer to suppressed energy and how I experience it. It's like the game whack-a-mole. It's mm. like whatever you suppress in the body Pops at some point, <laughs> it's popping up, it's yeah, popping yeah, yeah. up somewhere else. And it's popping up in a way that you haven't chosen to, right. And it's like out the back door and it's often in a very shadowy and unconscious way, a saboteur kind of way. So you know, and something that I'd love to add to this fairy tale as well of the mm. sleep, the sleeping beauty that's like basically sedated until her man comes along and wakes her up is what that portrays to women is mm-hmm. your, your sexuality and your turn on is based on an outside source that's coming to electrify you. And, and, and instead of being your own source, your own sovereign source of erotic turn on and erotic embodiment, and then bringing that into the container, yeah. it's like, waiting for somebody to come and turn you on and not taking any ownership of your own pleasure and your own experience so that's really deep too in the feminine shadow is um, yeah I am my pleasure is for him when he's ready Mm. yes now here's what's really interesting is something both from my experience and another pattern that I see throughout relating is that it actually does tend to be a man 
that 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 wakes you up and but it's not often the man you're with so mm-hmm. i'm i watch yeah the, like so many women in relationships who end up getting awakened by a man outside the relationship mm-hmm. and like i am actually watching a, a friend of mine like a, well a friend of a friend go through one of the craziest divorces like i've ever seen i mean and she is essentially like has been cheating you know over and over and over hiding 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 and just like filed the divorce like a week ago mm-hmm. and but this there was just this man who who showed her all of the needs she didn't even know weren't being met yeah and i think that that is the hardest thing because then you're like well i really love this man that i'm with um but you know more often than not he is unable to receive the feedback of like i'm ready for this relationship to grow because mm-hmm. we keep thinking like I'm, i want to take the relationship to the next level and for most people marriage is the top of the levels right. so you've taken a relationship to marriage how far can you possibly go and right. that's the way i think a lot of men perceive it and you know but at some point i think right now women especially are coming to this point where they're saying yeah you know unfortunately marriage is now not enough i need more i need deeper yes yes as long as we are continually expanding individually as humans of course <laughs> we're going to want more of course we're going to want more right the tree grows it needs more sunshine it needs more mm-hmm. water it needs more stability right and so i think i know for women I don't know how this is for men, but I'd love to hear your perspective. But for women, mm. there's shame in wanting more. Mm. Like who do you who do you think you are? Be grateful for what you have. Mm. It's an, it's enough. And so there's this dichotomy of can I love and appreciate and accept what I have, both inside of me and outside of me, and and one more, still want more, still want more. Ooh. Yeah, it's hmm. Yeah, it's. It's interesting because you could call that being greedy, um, mm. on on one level, but I don't necessarily perceive it that way. Although you know it could be, and I I know for me like just personally, and this may be because in a lot of my life I have been more feminine oriented. Like I've been more connected to my inner feminine through like you know a good portion of my my life than my inner masculine. Just I don't know who I am or how I was raised, and so I have always been really connected to my desire and my desire tends to be like a compass for me and like at least like look in that direction and yeah i i think that it's like your soul's way of pinging you that there's like something you need to feel do express mm-hmm. uh, receive give and um like yeah like you said if you don't then the mole will come up to be whacked again yes. or you know it's coming <laughs> It's it's again like you said that nature has yeah. uh, you know eros erotic energy is the Tao it's the creative yes. life force there's so many words for it but it's ultimately the energy of transformative evolution right. right and so that is what fuels our desire and I think the important thing to differentiate is is this desire mm. coming from an embodied space to allow me to grow or is this desire coming from an avoidance of pain like you Mm. know sort of how we can look towards other things to actually avoid looking at what's right in front of us so is it like bringing me towards something or is it pushing me away Mm. from something like is it bringing me to a yes a desire is always going to lead you to a yes right but um Mm. Yeah, it's an interesting one with desire because some people, you know, Tantra is known as the path of desire. Mm. So known it's because it's our driving force, but then brings in the topic of like, 
well, what about our agreements? And what about your diet? And what about your discipline and your, your regimen? And <laughs> so how do you think we follow the impulse of desire and more and evolution and still stay contained and focused and loyal and in, and in integrity? Yes. So this is a great question and one I've thought about. So I have yeah. a very specific thing to help with that, I think, that I do, that I like, which is that um, when, so yeah, I have a high reverence for desire. I think that like when someone desires something, genuinely burning desire for something, then it is it is as real and tangible as a brick. And it's it's also like a personal guidance system. And so what like something I ask of my like primary partners is that like if you at any point feel the impulse of desire towards another man, towards another person, towards an, towards an experience, um, can we bring it up and like talk about what is being evoked in you mm. from, from this experience? So you know, it's very easy to talk about this in polls, right? If I'm, if I'm a sweet, stable man and I've got, you know, I financially provide for you and, you know, X, Y, Z, and I'm very kind, you may be evoked by a man who is like uh, a biker or spontaneous and adventurous yes. and who maybe doesn't have a lot like in the ability to provide for you in that way, but he will provide a depth of experience, you know, or vice mm -hmm. versa. You know, you're with, you're with someone who's a little bit more edgy and chaotic, well, you're going to be attracted to the man who's like really stable, runs a business. And, and so for me, I see those things as like <laughs> the evokings are like the range of needs. They're just showing you a range of needs that you have. And so I personally just want to know. And so I also like it in reverse. Like I want to say like, hey, I'm actually becoming very, very attracted to this like other woman. I'm not really sure why. Can we investigate this together? You know, mm. you explore this with me. Can you, can sexy you play detectives. with me? Yeah, yeah. Sexy detectives. Sexy detectives. <laughs> I, I'm just imagining as you say this, I'm like, yeah, some people, you know how they say like, you're not everybody's cup of tea, right? It's like mm. some people, some people are like tea. They're like, you know, reverent and contained. And, and then some people are like whiskey, you know, you've got the biker yeah. boy, the more primal. Yeah. And it's like, what if you put a little shot of whiskey in your tea? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then you're going to have double the great fun that yeah. night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love what you're saying, though, is the question basically becomes the desire. Yes, it's leading you to, to something. Yes. But what's it evoking? What's right. it what's turned on or what's wanting to be turned on in you? And I, I feel this in my body, in my experience as a suppressed self, because hmm. usually what I'm seeing in that other person and we'll just take like the the the, mm. like the biker babe, for example. Right, I see. If I'm turned on by him and I feel a really strong pull and desire and there's a, a, a strong pull to explore that, it's yes, he, he's turning me on. He's he's electrifying me and he's electrifying me because he's he has a resonant vibration of something in me that's maybe uh, suppressed. Maybe I'm not giving myself permission to express that. And I know that he's got a key that's going to help me unlock that lost piece of myself, right? This so is, it can be a yes. great indication to like your, your turn on is a great indicator. It's a, it's a really key performance indicator of like, what's in my shadow? What am I not expressing? And so sometimes we can use that turn on and actually turn it on in ourselves and just simply use that person as a, a mirror, a reflection point, if it's not within our relationship container to explore that. Uh, yes. Ooh, 
so good. A mirror and also a muse. Um, mm. I think, I think because a person, they inspire us to be like that, right? Yeah. They're, but you, you are like, I think you're right on the money. And this is, yeah, the tough part. But the way that I say it is that I, I don't think we all necessarily fall in love with uh, the person specifically more that the, the thing that they're granting us access to. Yes. So people are like access points to different energy signatures that we want to experience in our life. And so yeah. when you're in the field of this spontaneous adventurous man, he is granting you access um, to this experience that is maybe uncommon for you or that you don't know how to access within yourself. And so, totally. yeah, I think the like highest form of a conscious relationship would look something like, you know, the two of you really understanding how, what you give each other access to, and then also mm. learning how to cultivate that within yourself. Which is the empowering piece, which prevents codependency. Exactly. And not outsourcing your magic to someone else. And it's like, you know, two pieces I want to reflect on there that you said, like, yes, to being a mirror and a muse. And when you said that, I'm like, that's basically, that's a disco ball at that point. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> and then the access pass, like the image that came into my mind when you said that was like, it, when, when you get a backstage pass, you get an all access pass, a VIP experience to something else that's happening. You don't attach yourself to the wristbands. You're not like this wristband is amazing, right? This oh. wristband is giving me everything I want. It's focusing outside of that. And well, what's it allowing you to access within yourself? What world perspective, what, what experience does this open up for you? And like you said, creating it also for yourself. I think that is like the key to sovereignty right there. Cause it's like, you spot it, you got it right. If this person is electrifying you because they're Mm. wild and adventurous it's like it's in you it's in you too and you can utilize that person as a catalyst with the turn on and then take it from there it's like they start the engine and and you put your foot <clears throat> on the gas yeah Ooh, that's good I'm gonna now picture myself as a disco ball here and there and yeah <laughs> great this mission that's really yeah. why I invited you on today Zach yeah yeah my uh, like yes I'm a tantric intimacy coach but really my my undercover mission in life is to remind us all that we are all just disco balls yeah this is like a it's like awaken your inner goddess only now it's like awaken your inner disco ball you know yeah there's some sort of package here yeah there is so let's plant <laughs> let's pin that for later yeah disco ball coaching yeah <laughs> yes aka djing yeah, true that's true <laughs> yeah okay i love it and I would love to bring into this space while we're here and talking about this, the, the, the jealousy piece that mm. comes along with that when someone can feel threatened by your turn on for another person and how to, how to sort of navigate that. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, it's so, this part's tricky because I, I do think that there are ways in which jealousy is a bit of like a, it's a it can be a warning sign. Like jealousy can be an indicator of, uh, you know, like, like your senses are telling you something's, something's off here. Um, but we get signals like that all the time, right? Mm -hmm. and, and very often they're due to like whatever wounding or, you know, story we have in our, in our mind that is painting this experience. And if you, jealousy creates the wildest of scenarios in our oh, heads. Oh yeah, that's that the sexy detective even... gone wrong. <laughs> it's, yes. Sexy yeah. detective turned into like paranoid police. 
yeah into into like yeah the mad scientists with the fucking post-its on the wall all connecting to one another i knew you were like yeah <laughs> you're like babe i was literally yeah have you ever seen those memes that's like what she what, he's probably you know hanging out with some other girl and he's like in his bed playing pokemon cards with his friend or something and is yeah <laughs> it's like what my friends think is happening what my parents think is happening yeah like, yeah this is what's actually happening right right yeah yeah i'm here like eating doritos like playing video games it's really not that exciting right yeah um yes yes so so yeah so there's kind of like it the I personally consider jealousy to be just like any other emotion, which is like to be investigated and taken a degree of ownership of. And, you know, it, it's, it's, it's like, what, how, what edge are you willing to play at essentially? Mm. And I, I am willing to play on the edge of Ooh, jealousy because I, yeah, because I think that like, it's, it's, you know, the sovereignty piece, the freedom piece is sexy to me knowing that there's like, you know, there is an availability to the world that, that, you know, you or I have. And so, you know, there it's, it's, it's scary to think that like, I don't own you or I don't mm-hmm. have you or that are, but what it does is also create a, so first of all, it makes me want to be the best man I can possibly be yeah. ever because I'm yep. like, I'm like, you know, I want the man that, that I'm jealous of to be way, like he has to be some top tier, you know? And then I, and then I look at him and I go, well, shit, like, why am I not him? So I, I yeah. like to, you know, pull, I like my jealousy to be like, I turn it into like growth and development, totally. which is, you know, and yeah. So totally. It's like conscious competition. It's like being in a mastermind. Yes. Right? When you're in a mastermind, when you're in a mastermind with like high level entrepreneurs and like, they're crushing it and so creative, it's like, whoo, you know, you're like, I think the important differentiation here, that's really important to mention is can that, can that, um, invoking of empowered, competition come from a place of Mm self-love and worthiness and like I'm already enough as I am and I simply want to take it up a notch versus like I'm not good enough I'm not like this person I'm not worthy right so it's like really important to differentiate that that competitive element come from a place of worthiness and yeah and I'm I'm going to separate that again as well and I I think that like oh because it is super hard to not be like down on yourself right or be like oh mm. like it, it can there can be this lack perspective of like crap i'm not meeting a need like i'm just not capable or competent or let's say even oriented towards meeting this need that my partner has mm. therefore there's like an outside attraction and you know but you i think you get to ask yourself like do i want to step up and meet this need of theirs or am i okay delegating it um, I love it. yeah because yeah. I, I do i think that people don't understand that like we love just it. generally get our needs met by a variety of people and yes. yet when we're in an intimate partnership somehow this fixation creates like a you are the arbiter well because we're looking keeper. for the one right. right it's the one it goes right back of, to that yeah and instead of the <laughs> village you know it's like it mm. takes a village it doesn't just take a village to raise a child it takes a village to to grow a human into right. their fullest potential, right? And it's like, I love that you use the word delegate because it takes sort of, you know, the same way as a, as a business, as an entrepreneur, you outsource, you know, to a VA, you outsource the things that aren't in your zone of genius. You could spend time developing those skills, but you're better off elevating your zone of genius. And it's the same in relating, right? It's like, for me, what I don't naturally possess is a very like 
I'm not going to cook for you. I'm not a very domesticated woman. Right. And if that's important to a person that I'm dating, Mm. I'm not, I'm not going to like go take cooking classes and become a chef. I will hire a chef or, you know, invite him to date somebody that really loves to cook for him, you know, instead of investing my time and energy into cultivating a skill set that doesn't turn me on. Yeah, that is a, that's a cool way to look at it. Um, Hmm. Yeah. I, I like that. I've not thought of it quite like that, but yeah, that, that is, that is what it is. It's, you know, mm. it's like, I, yeah, I, cause then there's a space to maybe ask him like, well, you know, when I'm cooking for you, what is that for you? Like, is it an act of service mm. that you enjoy? Mm. Is it, is it like a, like a, like a traditional feminine domesticated like feeling? Cause again, it, the need, I mean, if the need was I'm incompetent and can't eat without your cooking, right? That's that's one thing. But if the need this is relationship's like, I want to- not gonna work, you'll you'll die in like a week. Yeah. <laughs> You're but literally you- gonna die. <laughs> yes. I'm gonna cut you loose early because this yeah. is just not yeah. You're gonna be very hungry by the time. Yeah. yeah. But, but exactly. It's like, is it about the food itself or is it about the energy and like exactly. the essence of femininity and mothering that's coming in and and, and divine love? correct which can be met then through other expressions so if you realize that like it's if if it's an act of service right then maybe we can find other ways that you can express that love to me that isn't cooking but if it's if it's like uh you i want to feel that you're like uh, you know that you can be domesticated or something that maybe we play out a role play thing or maybe there's like another way to like to like get that need met um yeah so it it opens (laughs) it opens the depth of conversation yeah I'm laughing because I'm like, for me, I'm like, what feels like the sexiest way to get that need fulfilled is like, let's just hire a private chef and she can come and cook for both of us. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And we can be pampered and both receive in the need that's wanting to be fulfilled from him. Yeah. But, and now there's like fun because now in my mind I'm like and now all I want to do is put you in an apron and, and throw you in the kitchen and give you an hour and say like let's see what you make yeah. for me <laughs> sounds way more fun to me than making a tray of cookies right I mean, the tray of cookies is pretty easy but yeah yeah and so what I'm curious if what did you initially mean by using the uh, phrase uh delegating delegating certain pieces like what does that mean to you then yeah. Well, this is like, um, goes back to maybe the jealousy component, which is that like, you know, I, I, I just don't think that, um, one person can, can meet all of your relationship needs. I think it's mm-hmm. an impossible task and a, uh, futile vision. And so like, you just get to like relationships get to be like a constant negotiation in, in this mm-hmm. way. And so like, I think about it, like, um, you know, like I had this conversation actually with, with Nisha recently where, you know, she asked me, like, she's like, I really need you to process, you know, in like a certain way with me, like quick, sharp, fast, deep, like, and it's very painful and there's a lot of emotions mm-hmm. and, you know, she's like, I need it immediately. And, you know, can you, can you do this for me? And I, and I said, I, I don't think I can. I said, in some ways, I think I need, what I need is for you to delegate some of your like emotional regulation mm. needs to uh, like other men, even if you have to mm. like, but other, like I can be there when I'm there, but I, I can't be there. I think as much as you need. Um, so yeah. we're like negotiating it and, you yeah. know, I just have to either step up or I, you know, I invite delegation. <laughs> yes. Yeah. This is beautiful. Zach. And I just really want to like take a moment here and just really honor you in that that's such an act of self-care for mm. yourself and such an act of devotion to her request 
because it could be very easy, especially if we're in a space of open relating and there isn't as much traditional containment and traditional safety, it could be very easy that when a partner comes to us with a request or a need to feel like, well, I want to be the best. I want to be everything for you. You know, I want to, I want to win. <laughs> it could be very easy to overgive and overextend and like, um, yeah, uh, deplete yourself in that space. So to actually be able to tune into how resourced you are financially, emotionally, physically, all of sexually, mm. all of these things, and to be able to give an honest yes or no, knowing that that no may center into another direction is mm. powerful. It's super powerful. Yeah. Thank you. I'll receive yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, and you just have to look at the alternative, which I've played out. I don't know. You have to Right? Haven't who hasn't mm -hmm. over given, overdone, overshared, and absolutely drained themselves dry only mm -hmm. to, you know, meet resentment either on their end or your own. And it just doesn't feel great. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. And that's why something that's very important in this space, in all spaces, but especially in this space of relating and 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 more open relating styles is boundaries. Mm -hmm. Right, really understanding what our boundaries are, because in a traditional closed relationship, it's a, the boundary is very clear. It's me, it's you. That's it. Right. Oftentimes, it's like no flirting with other people, like no emotional connection with other people. Don't you know? It's very clear what the contained boundary is. Mm -hmm. As we begin to deconstruct those more constrictive and limited boundaries, like. The negotiation, the boundary space becomes more pliable, more flexible, you know, it, there's more breathing room to it. And that starts with your own boundaries with your self-care, your commitment to your purpose, your commitment to your, you know, mm. your well-being and all of that. So um, yeah, just wanted to bring that into the space, the importance of boundaries. Yeah. It's I suppose a lifelong journey since we are like learning new things about ourselves every day. Um and, you know, I'll, the, one of the funny things for me, and this is my, my perspective, is I, I don't even personally think that closed relationship boundaries are that clear. Mm -hmm. um, because as someone who has, like, for, I'm not necessarily proud of this, but, like, I, I have been the catalyst to many, many breakups. Like, both, like, I've, I, I had a phase where I just really enjoyed being with women who had partners. Mm -hmm. And they, they, I would, like, get them to kind of, like, cheat on me. And partially I would, or with me, but partially because I, like, I was just like, so curious. I was like, this it's closed, but then why is it so easy? Like, why is this, why is the emotional connection part so easy? Cause it didn't even have to be physical. And so mm -hmm. that it's, it's, it's weird. So that's one interesting thing. And also like, yeah, I don't think that like even, even emotional connection, like, so it means like I'm emotionally connected to a lot of people and I would say mo every friend I have there's like a degree of an emotional connection. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, where exactly is the, is the boundary specifically even for closed containers? Cause yeah. it, sometimes it doesn't make sense to me. Right. Right. It, well, especially when you're talking about the emotional body, the erotic body, you know, the physical body, the boundaries are easier because we're talking yes. three dimensional. Yes. You can't touch me here, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Right. Right um that's pretty easy you know that's pretty easy how do we set boundaries to love to emotion to mental space thought space to erotic turn on like how do you bound 
those energies when they're actually outside of time and space? Hmm. I am not sure. I, I may need that question rephrased another yeah. way. <laughs> How do you, if, okay, so let's, for an example, in some relationship dynamics, a boundary is, I don't, uh, the, someone could say, I, what isn't acceptable for me is you forming a deep emotional connection with someone that you're sexually oriented towards mm. being attracted to, right? So let's just say like a heteronormative relationship. I'm a woman, I'm with a man. I don't feel comfortable to have you exploring deep emotional connection with another woman, right? That's my boundary. But what does that even mean? How do mean. you quantify that? How do you quantify that? At what point do you know you're crossing the boundary? And what force is required to then step back over the boundary line? Because this you is, can't see it. Yeah, this 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 is a question. Yeah. <laughs> this is a great question. I, on one hand, so I think that everybody kind of just knows, like individually. Mm-hmm. I think when you're doing it, you know. Like that, and this is the part where the jealousy piece or the open communication piece comes in because that's that evoking that I was talking about. Where Mm -hmm. if you're developing some sort of deep emotional connection with someone, someone there, there is there's an evoking happening. They're unlocking a piece of you, and that just wants to be expressed. That you may be not getting that need met in your current relationship. So I think you just knowing that, and strangely enough, I don't think you can really know that you're doing it until you're doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, on some level, because it's like, it's harmless until it's not. And there's like a line. And so then you just have a choice, you know, am I brave brave enough to have this conversation with my partner? Or am I either going to repress myself, stuff it all down, or Mm -hmm. continue with the actions in an incongruent way? Mm, Incongruent, such an important word. And it starts with, it it all comes back down to integrity, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. It starts with before, am I willing to have this conversation with my partner or my lover? The first question is, am I willing to notice this and experience this within myself and not have it in my shadow? Because it's very, also mm. very easy to put an experience into our shadow and mm. to not even allow ourselves the gift of knowing it to be true. Ooh. Yeah. Cause when you know it to be true, I mean, that's when that's, that's what I think awakening is. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think it's when you look at yourself and you know it to be true and you're like, well, and so it is. And so it is. And so it is. And so it's, uh, this is why I'm such a big believer. And this is why I weave Tantra into mm. my coaching and intimacy practices, because I believe that in order to expand in any way, but especially within the relational space where we're involving others and others' hearts, we need to be so embodied and so rooted so that we can access our truth, mm-hmm. right? So that we're operating from a place of truth and integrity and understanding. Because if we ourselves are not embodied, there's incongruency in our own personal fields. So how are we gonna bring truth and transparency into the relational space if we are not sure. relating to ourselves? Yeah, and I mean, that, that's, I mean, yeah, that's a, that's a journey. And I think that at at that point, like if you're not even in in congruence with your own self and you're in relationship, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be hard pressed to have that relationship probably maintain its form Mm. for very long. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Cause that, but yeah, you're right. And that's, that's why it's like two, two thoughts here. One is that that's why I do think separation is, is like a key component of like a healthy relationship Mm -hmm. and maybe I've been trying to figure out a better word if there is one, but maybe like a slight mm-hmm. detachment. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so that are you, you are referring always... to like breaking up or creating like distance in Di within the container distance within the container yeah, yeah. so not 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 like a, a, a breakup but a a, a acknowledgement of like a like a like an individual season like let's yes. the way I describe it is let's evolve parallel so mm. let's let's be on our journeys like side by side because there's that interdependence right where you're weaving mm. but then there's also a um a um a yeah a parallel evolution that you're like mm. and to me that's how I find my most congruent and like juicy relationships is when I evolve parallel with a woman yeah. and uh, I'm like you know if we're left to our own devices are we still riding the same you know tracks. Uh it takes a lot of trust and a lot of <laughs> surrender. Mm. It takes a lot of trust and a lot of surrender. And what can be challenging in that space of growing parallel is we're not, we may be parallel, but we're, we may be moving at different miles per hour. There may be rest stops for me. There may be times I come off the highway because like I need a snack and I just need a timeout, right? Yeah. While the other ones like got their foot on the gas and they're in an expansion portal, right? And yeah. so it's like, how do we drive parallel and do you, in terms of speed, you know, in terms of like the, the level of evolution, do you think if we're going to be parallel, is it important for us to monitor hmm. like the rate of expansion and to maybe slow down or speed up to stay in that parallel growth? Hmm. I think, well, extra check-ins become like kind of important where, yeah, you, you should stay open and honest about like where you're at, what you want and like where you're going. Um, but yeah, if you, I, I do think that, I don't know, because on one hand, it's, so how, how else do you, you know, find your, your, your center and congruency while in a relationship, other than taking some, some space, whatever that might look mm -hmm. like, it doesn't, it doesn't mean going off and like being with other people necessarily, mm -hmm. it means yeah. going off and being with yourself. Yeah, and exactly. like, yeah, re rediscovering who you are, and then, you know, in constant communication with your partner, you kind of like bootstrap it on the fly, right? You're like, yeah. okay, this is where this is at. And then once yeah. there's more clarity, then you can build a, a longer yeah. vision, a bigger vision. <laughs> the you know, Texas cowboy really is coming out right now. Is that uh, bootstrapping? Boot, bootstrapping. Yeah. <laughs> I love to call this in, in my partnerships and relating space. I love to call this like I need a time in instead of a time out. <laughs> I like this. <laughs> because you know, a lot of the phrases that we have for the relational space of creating more sovereignty and space can feel, can sometimes feel avoidant, can sometimes feel abandoning, you know, depending on like the languaging and the intention, right? So it's like, I don't need a time out from this relationship and from this container. I need a time in to come back to my throne and my, my center and resource and feel what's true for me. And, and it feels, what I've learned is when I, when I vocalize it that way, like I need a time in, it creates so much safety in the space and mm. trust and room because it's like, I'm not pushing someone away or avoiding someone. I'm actually, it's, it's actually not about that. It's about me getting into deeper intimacy with myself. And um, that's the driving force behind that space. Yeah, I love that. I love that very much. Yeah, you have a way of um, of of taking like all of these things and turning it back into like yourself, your own pulse, your own desire, mm -hmm. your own uh, you know sovereignty and responsibility. And yeah, I love the way you do that. Mm, thank you. And it creates polarity, right? It the, does. Esther Perel, you know, one of her like most famous quotes is, "Desire requires distance." 
we have to be able to observe somebody, mm. right? It's like, oh, there you are, right? And then of course, it's that tantric dance of like, let me observe you and see you and desire you and then let me merge with you, mm-hmm. right? And then it's yeah. like, and then come, come out of that space and create the wanting and the yearning back yeah. into that polarity space again. Let me long for you. Let yes. me long for you. It's like a yeah. Celine Dion song, I think. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> it's the yearning. It's the yearning. Mm-hmm. And um, for me, I feel as, as a creative woman, I derive so much inspiration from a space of yearning. You know, mm-hmm. when, my, when my lover's gone or, you know, it, when there's distance and it's, it's sort of like that, that, yeah, like I want to write you poetry. Like I want to, that, that feeling in my body, that yearning energy is such a driving force for my creative expression. Mm. So there's, you know, beyond just the space serving the relationship, there's so many ways that it serves our own creative potential, our career, our health, you know, all the things. Yeah. Yeah. I think it does get a little bit trickier when, you know, you have kids together because there is an mm-hmm. interdependence and an agreement that is a little bit more outside of the both of y'all. You know, it's like you've agreed to create something together and now there's a responsibility to yeah. keep it alive. Yeah. Um, and th- this is something I want to pull into the space right now, which is that w- one of the things that I think makes um, one of the questions that that is really useful to ask in a relationship is what do we want to create together? and just asking it like that and seeing what comes up what what do I want to create with this person mm. um for, for some people it is like family and a baby and like you know in that they want to create family in, in more than anything but some relationships they want to create like um let's say adventure I really love creating adventures with this person or I really love creating um you know spiritual growth or business like well I've mm. I've never been more like polarizingly charged in a relationship than like creating a a business dynamic with, with this, this woman Mm. that I'm with. Um, It's, it's absolutely like, it's delicious and divine. Mm. And in many ways, it's like showing me that I ways I need to step up and be even stronger to hold more things. Mm. But I'm like, Whoa, this is, this is fun. Cause there's like a, there's a, there's like a sturdy base of creation and why am I giving you my sexual energy in the first place? It's so that we can create something together. And even yeah. if the something we create is like for a moment or for a lifetime, like there should still be a creation that emerges Absolutely. between the two of you. So, uh, yeah, I love that so much. And there's like multiple things here I want to bookmark <laughs> and, and, and pin off into first. The first thing is the importance of utilizing your creative energy, your sexual energy for creation, whether within ourselves and or in relationship. And when we don't do that, how that creative energy turns into destruction and chaos within the Oof. relational space, right? Because it doesn't have anywhere to go. Mm-hmm. So we can dive into that. But also, I love what you're saying about, and I want to know more about uh, utilizing that creative energy for business, because with a lot of couples, if they enter into business partnership, they depolarize. Mm. It can depolarize mm-hmm. their relationship. Mm-hmm. So what I'm curious to know about you, ask me for a friend, is... <laughs> How do you enter into a a business or collaborative or creative endeavor with someone and actually maintain the polarity in that space? Yeah, yeah. So so this is absolutely a work in progress for me and not something that I would say that I have a high mastery in, in this specific avenue. But so, you know, 
for people who are hearing that that don't know this, I early in the year had a relationship experiment where I invited this woman. Her name is Nisha, and um, she's my primary partner right now, and I love her very much. We I invited her to live with me for 21 days to see what we could create because it was that. I was like, I need to create with you. I don't know what. Move in with me for three weeks and let's try something. And love so we decided, yeah. So we decided to like um, essentially make money together. Like let's, let's make some money together. Let's see if we can, if we can, what that like looks like. And so, yeah, our days, I mean, I were, were, you know, essentially we would just move from bedroom to boardroom and like, yeah. it, it, I mean, I literally like that was it. Like we would go make love and then we would be like, okay, I, let's go mastermind our next business move then. Ah. And then we'd be like, all right, well, I really want to touch you again. So let's go yeah. back and yeah. Do so. you actually have two different rooms that you step into, Zach, or was this all done in bed? <laughs> Masterminds in the living room, bedrooms in the bedroom. Uh, so. Okay, don't get them confused. <laughs> don't now. get them confused. Yeah. <laughs> don't what whip out the just... whiteboard while I'm in the bedroom with you, please. Definitely yeah. do not do not do that. Do not do that. <laughs> okay, so uh, that's Claire. We've got the polarity just in individual dojo spaces within the house. Yeah, but definitely over time, I was <clears throat> struggling to, um, let's say, like hold both because I, I think that there is. So again, I think the word delegation is super important. There has to be a clear like understanding of business roles and relationship roles. Mm. And so like create like in in our relationship, it's highly like polarizing and charging and like I'm holding the masculine and, you know, she's holding the feminine and we're able to dance and it's beautiful in a business space, there are many, many, many ways that Nisha leads me and guides me. Mm -hmm. And I defer to her and some of her like unique skill, like expressions that I just don't have. And mm -hmm. like we, you know, she's got this task and I've got this task and we make sure to be clear on tasks. So that way the remainder of the room can, can be like, you know, the polarity dance that we, that we enjoy, but mm -hmm. there are ways in which, yeah, you have to, um, and you can sprinkle in, right, you know, doing a business task and maybe you want to just invite a little bit of charge in there and you, you know, come around and, and embrace her and be like, hey, we're going to pause this for just 30 seconds real quick. And yeah. I need your full attention. So, yes. yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yes. Or, you know, there's always a little bit of punishment if she doesn't do the task. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, right, right. So if you don't get this done, then uh -huh. something will be done to you. So. Yeah. Well, yes. I, you know, don't just PS like Zach, if you and I were ever collaborate and create a business, like that's not a good incentive for me. Cause then I'm like, well, I'm just not going to do it. <laughs> you know, there, I actually learned of a different term. So there's a difference between what is called a punishment and a punishment. Ooh! So what you're talking about is a punishment where you really like what's happening wow. to you. But hold when I make minute, you, <laughs> I just need to, it's why I'm having one of those moments where I'm like, why didn't why didn't I think of that word? I'm, I'm a little bit upset at myself, and I'm also reveling in this moment because I'm like, it's about time. It's about time. It's about time that I heard that word. Ah, yeah. It it it, it reminds me of another one would be it's the difference between like discipline and and discipline. <laughs> that's that's not what I've heard. Did you just make that up? No, I've been Is using that, that for years. It's, it's real now. Mm -hmm, it's real mm -hmm. now. So, That's funny. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So back, yeah, to, the, back to the whiteboard. Anyways. <laughs> uh, yeah, back to the whiteboard. Where were we? 
we were talking about polarity in business and mm -hmm. how to, you were talking about like delegation and tasks and having it be very clear, you know, what the tasks are so that there's room for the eros and the polarity to flow in the relational space. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think that you can. So, so I heard this from, I swear it was Madeline Mead. And she said something about like, and maybe this is said somewhere else, but it's like polarity is like the, it's not necessarily the foundational core aspect as much as, as it is the like conscious choice to move into. So mm -hmm. like you get, you get to polarity after you have done like a core amount of like work. Mm -hmm. And so if you like, just go with like, what's the most polarizing, you're going to be fucking pulled in every direction, you know, all the time. But like when you, when you have like a strength to maintain, let's say, mm -hmm. then what's left is just purely creative. And so, yeah, I, I guess because I've just never had a dynamic like, like that with a woman, it like turns, because there was like affirmation. She'd be like, I'm going to make you so much money, baby. I'm going to make you like, she would say it like that. Right? <laughs> and I'm like, all right, like, let's all go. Right. <laughs> I like this. Yeah. So, you know, there, there were ways to like bring, bring it in. I love that. And I think this is really a beautiful thing to talk about too, is I find one thing that's kind of happening right now in the space, the, the sort of the coaching, you know, polarity, the relational space is it everyone's so focused on like drop into your feminine and let him be in his masculine and, and what's being lost is what about his inner feminine that wants to be ravished and led and, and, you know, empowered in that way you know and what about what about the inner masculine within me you know so i think it's really important to what i like to think of as like uh full spectrum polarity mm -hmm. is the more embodied i am in both my masculine and my feminine and not just focused on my feminine embodiment the more i can meet your edges and disco ball mirrors <laughs> yeah yeah no and it's it's yeah, this the being integrated is important. This is why I think um, David Data's model was really, really useful, which is mm -hmm. that there's like three stages of polarity. Yeah. The first is like completely unconscious where you have your macho man breadwinner and your submissive housewife. Um, they just did it because that's what they did. They had no other choice. Like they just didn't know of any other options. Mm -hmm. The second stage is kind of like the reverse where, yeah, men are more expressive and like they dance and they poetry and art and take psychedelics and expand their hearts and you know, women are like, you know, independent and building businesses mm, and, you know, doing what they need base. to, to get their shit done. Um, but then the third stage is where they kind of go back to, they find the center between the two, mm -hmm. where they're most aligned. And then they situate themselves in, in that space, you know, in the relationship, the majority of the time. Mm -hmm. um, but it comes from a place of like genuine desire rather than a place of, uh, you know, I, I just can't. And yeah. Right. So empowerment I, versus disempowerment, really. Right. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, I, I feel incredibly feminine to be, to be honest. Like I, mm -hmm. the people only knew my internal experience, but mm -hmm. I'm, I would do nothing. We're getting, we're dance. getting a little taste. We're getting a little taste today. <laughs> I would do nothing but dance all day. Yeah. Um, like, you know, but I just know that in like a relationship dynamic and the relationship I have with myself and with my, with God, let's say with the universe, like I, I, yeah. it's most wise for me to be in my, yes. my masculine, um, but we do need yes. to be integrated. Because how am I supposed to hold you if I don't know how to hold me? How am I supposed exactly. to hold your feminine? Exactly. Exactly. And 
the the for me the sexiest like most charged most polarized um relationships and loverships that i've experienced the man that i'm with the way he embodies his masculinity inspires my inner god huh. yeah i'm like i'm like so you know so it's like my feminine is fucking turned on by you right and my inner masculine is inspired by you Mm. You know, and I'm like, wow, okay. So there's polarity, but there's also inspiration. Yeah. They are, yeah, they're close, those two things, I do believe. Because mm -hmm. the things that are the most evoking are the most inspiring to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So mm. beautiful. So yummy. So, mm. so yummy. And it, it's like, um, I think for me, how I've been relating lately um, is just moving more out of the frame. I think because I've really embodied both my masculine and feminine and they're so integrated, I can actually just trust my impulses more within the relational space and not focus so mm. much on, on maintaining polarity. It, it's like, like it. I'm not like, oh, let me, I need to like do this because this is like a really feminine thing to do and that's going to help me surrender. It's actually, I can, it's almost like a, an artistry where I feel so integrated in my capacity and my range that I'm bringing energetically to a relationship that I can just tune in and feel what energetic is needed to create desire and polarity in this moment. I don't even need to label it as there needs to be more containment. There needs to be more surrender. It's just like, nope, this is the energy that's needed. And it's almost like being an artist within that space. Yeah. In, instead uh, of even having like a conscious, you know, naming it, it's just, it's, it's more subtle. It's more shamanic in a way. Yeah. So this is like uh it's like, it's like polarity privilege that you're talking about. Like you have the, <laughs> it's level three. Like, it's level three. Yeah. So yeah. You, yeah. And it's, it's the place to be for sure. And, you know, so like for some men telling them like, Hey, you need to be more masculine and here's how is like the most vital thing they'll ever mm. hear. But for some men saying you need to be more masculine and here's how is just going to drive them into the dirt. So mm. it, this is a very, it, it's a very attuned conversation that has to be had regarding polarity and each mm. specific person and like what season they're in for mm. themselves. But, but yeah, and this is why Tantra is so vital, vital. And this mm. is why one of the, the, I mean, the fact that it means to weave is mm. like the best, it's the best word. Mm -hmm. It's the best word. It really is. It really, really is. And I think of like integrity right yeah the roots for integrity and integration which integration and weaving are one mm -hmm. and the same the more we weave the more integrity in integrity we become and then we can just trust our impulses more because we trust the flow of eros and aliveness through our body to lead us to transformation and surrender yeah. to that force you know wow. it's like i i you know i am in full surrender not not to my partner i'm in full surrender to the truth that's moving through us huh. yeah in this moment as you shared that's, that's what i'm surrendering to truth is your primary partner exactly exactly which i still love this yeah 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 and I think... uh i'll tell you not a lot of people like it when i say that uh or mm. when i you know another thing i really like to say is, is my truth is transient mm -hmm meaning what's true for me in this moment may not be true for me next week yeah and so, maybe i'll ask you this question then because 
how do you, do you think that a man who's who's you know in the more masculine stance in his life or in his relationships is that wise for him to and maybe wise is the wrong word but is it could it still be congruent for for men to should they operate that way mm. it's a great question um when i think of the feminine energy it can be very like yes no yes no maybe yes no you know it can be very uh i want to say impulsive i think there can be like negative connotations with that word i have a i have a good relationship with the word impulsive for me it's more i'm following like the pulse of my mm -hmm. my being and my heart um and for the masculine to answer your question like i fucking love it when I'm in a space of uncertainty and I'm in a, in a container, whatever form of container with a man, and they have like the patience, <laughs> the unwavering presence and the grounded embodiment to be able to hold me energetically in my transient truth until I finally land in a spot where I'm like, and now I'm in alignment. Right, right. Yeah, Take, takes presence because if the man is going to be doing this with me, <laughs> now, now the boat be rocking. You know. Yes. Yes. Get ready. <laughs> there's for no the, anchor. Yeah. Get the cameras ready because there's about to be a little drama. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And and this is um that's why yeah I don't know deep deep down in my core I feel that I am supposed to be that you know unwavering presence mm -hmm. and like anchor like. And what it does is cause like an <clears throat> interesting humility in me too, just because I am like, uh, like a sur it's my own form of surrender, surrender to my mm. core, surrender to how I'm supposed to be, surrender to what I'm supposed to do. Like, mm. you know, doesn't, is an anchor upset that it's an anchor? Like probably not, you know, yeah. it's like I'm, I'm here to hold while the seas, you know, that's it. it. It might might be a little bit upset, like all the barnacles that come along and like make their home <laughs> on it. I'd love to share here, like from the feminine <clears throat> perspective, something that really turns me on about men that are very anchored and very mm. um, contained. For me, it, there's many, many reasons that turns me on. But the main reason it turns me on is because it, it invokes my enchantress archetype within me. And so when when I, when I'm in the presence of a man that has a very unwavering anchored energy and is very decisive, um, and is very clear, like in his truth and his yes and his no, it's such a turn on for me because it's like this seduct, this seductress enchanting energy that can be a little bit associated with the dark feminine that's sort mm -hmm. of wanting to ruffle and wanting to shake, you know, and wanting to create some movement in him feels really sexy to run through the body and there's nothing sexier than him still maintaining even with all that shakti even with all that seduction with him maintaining his center to me that's yeah. one of one of the sexiest things that a man can do yeah yeah that makes sense you know i'll share this story it's slightly personal but it's kind of fun and funny um i uh one of the things that i like committed to was um you know, for 75 hard, I desired that I was going to do 75 days of no ejaculation as well, alongside of that. And 
still desire to have sex. And um, in many ways, yeah. So my, my energy is very like actually quite monogamous toward Nisha right now. Very like mm. we're circulating so much between us. Mm. And um, so, but I still had this, you know, so we're having sex and I'm like committing. And, you know, of course, you know, it, when, when you're in that playful, like dirty talk space, mm. like, I want you, you better come right now. I'm like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to. <laughs> so like, it was no, 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 you know, for 21 days. And then the funniest uh, thing was, was um, this, this this weekend i uh, i mean we we were making love for like hours and it was like it was like hour 3 or something and and i just pulled out and i was like oh this is an unstoppable ejaculation <laughs> i can't contain anymore i was like but it was fun cuz we did that like dance of like you will not break me you will not break me mm. and then and then it was like you know i'll break for you Ooh. and then i'm like okay but i'm going back to holding now so, <laughs> so that's like so a- hot. <laughs> that's so hot. Cause that's ultimately like, yes, it's sexy to hear the no 21 times. Cause it shows your integrity and your strength. But at some point there's gotta be a yes in there. Right. Or else it's just yeah, not yeah. a fun game. It's just not fun anymore. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. But this, this is actually, and this is something I kind of wanted to bring in earlier, but you know, the contrast is, is so like sexy, like, and, and this is like almost polarity in a nutshell to me is like the contrast. So by creating that contrast, it makes the yes that much more like desired yes. and much more like fun and fulfilling. And so, yes. yeah, yes. I think, and I think that's how we grow too. like yeah. pull it up on a meta level. Like contrast is really, really how we, you know, experience the breadth and depth of ourselves. Absolutely. And that's what Tantra is, right? It's yeah. widening, widening our capacity and uh, adding more range, adding more um, keys to our piano. Right. And mm. I love that you brought that in the word contrast, because really ultimately when oftentimes when people hear the word polarity, we think of like masculine energy and feminine energy, but ultimately it's any dichotomy. It's any mm. paradox. It's any opposing force. <clears throat> the way we see it, the, the most obvious and in, in, in the physical body is through masculine and feminine, but yeah, it's the yes and the no, it's the pleasure and the pain, it's the feast and the famine, right? It's, it's all, it's all of those places that create polarity within our life. Yeah. Yeah. The light and the dark as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ah. It's becoming increasingly clear that we're going to need to do about seven of these at least. Uh, at least. Yeah. At least. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I could talk, I could talk for hours about this with you, Zach. I'm, I'm feeling, I'm feeling so turned on and electrified and inspired by this conversation. And, um, we'll, we'll be coming to a close soon, but I'm curious if there's, if there's anything like really present and really alive that you want to talk, talk about or share before we Mm. close this container. Yeah. I am available for more in this moment. So Mm. I know, yeah, we can. We can find some some tying up here, but mm. <clears throat> um, anything present. I mean, over anything, I really just want people to open their minds to <clears throat> the fact that relationships may not even be close to what you think that they are. And that there are just so many different things available for you to tap into that I think like senses of urgency can be a bit of an illusion in the relational space. I, I really like slow. I really like intentional. I like, you know, um, I, I think 
yeah, this makes me want to go into another portal. <clears throat> but approaching relationships from like, you know, this space of what are we giving, what do we want to give each other access to? What do we want to create together? And how are we going to like grow and evolve because of our experience, you know, together? And if you do choose to like close a container with someone in any way, you're, you're making a commitment of like, of, of, of a pull. You're, you're saying like, I'm going to, I want to be your active masculine for the duration of this. And I want you to be my active feminine. And in that there's like so much deep trust and love that comes, comes through that. And when you are just, you know, projecting, like, are you either uh, going to marry me or not? Like, are you my long-term, you know, lover or, or not? Like you can, I just do really feel that you, people miss so much of their own growth and so much of their own expansion and exploration and their own, like, you're, you're leaving fragments of yourself on the table. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, I don't know, in my opinion, we're here to, you know, integrate as many little fragments of ourselves via the mirrors of others, mm -hmm. you know, that, that we can in this lifetime. So hopefully, you know, we, we upgrade the, 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 the karmic cycle and we come back, you know, more and more integrated each time. So mm -hmm. I just personally choose to view relationships, um, in this way. And, yeah, I, I don't know what the, the future is going to like hold and how we're going to carve out these paths long term. And, you know, when kids enter the table, how different things might be. And, mm. but, you know, in, in, in this current iteration of me as like a, you know, spiritual teacher and, uh, you know, conscious lover and conscious man and, and, and polarity informed, tantra informed, mm. trauma informed, like, mm. let's fucking grow with each other. Let's evolve. Let's, let's take a, a different stance and approach um, on relating and uh and 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 create something beautiful mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh. so mm -hmm. yes. that's mine <laughs> that is good medicine brother it is good medicine and it in it everything you just shared there that what was coming through is like that's that choice right there is what turns love into a playground as opposed to a battlefield when when we're utilizing it to become more integrated more alive more clo closer to our truth like more more ourselves like more shiny then yeah it gets to be a playground and we can use that erotic life force to grow and expand and create pleasure and possibility as opposed to fight blame shame project right. fingers you know blah, blah, blah. so it's a radical and the way yeah. that we relate within tribe affects the whole entire tribe, right? Yeah. And this could be a fun pin or bookmark because the one of the more fascinating things, if you can do this, is active shadow work with a relationship. So consciously choosing the battlefield um, mm. as a means of burning off, you know, the pieces that need to be burned off within within each mm. of you. So and still maintaining, you know, the threads of connection and without without mm. absolutely it's like 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 destroying the right pieces of each other um mm. and then coming back with you know a tuned aftercare so Ooh, <laughs> i'm very intrigued <laughs> i'm curious if you've heard of or read the book existential kink yes yeah yes it's kind very, of it's very 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 powerful reminding me of that a little bit it's like let's just take the shadow and let's uh embody it and yeah. play with it and uh go from trigger to turn on yeah i i gave that book to a recent client of mine she i told her i recommended it to her she picked it up 
and is now becoming like an EK coach, like an existential key. Like there's like yes. a specific program by the person who wrote really? the book. She's like, this is the greatest shit I've ever read in my life. Oh and, my she's God. Like, and now her whole thing is like kinkifying all of your triggers and parts and fragments. I love and like, it. I love it so I'm like, much. this is the cool, yeah. That's a cool job title. I'm a, right? a professional kinkifier. Kinkifier. Yeah. Um, I love that because it's, it's like, that's that's how it you know somatically like a, a a trigger is how I experience it is a very compressed uh turn on it's like a turn on that's compressed it's mm. a lot of life force energy that like has nowhere to go because it hasn't been breathed into moved into sounded into and it's like when you create more space for that trigger to move through your body like it it turns into turn on uh -huh. But for most of us, we don't see the correlation. So we don't even open up that as a possibility. Yeah. Yeah. Healing trauma and triggers is a, yeah, it's, it's hard. And yeah, but it's, it's, it's worth it. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. yeah, oh, man. Juicy, ah, juicy. Well, this conversation <laughs> is filled with kinkification and disco balls and, <laughs> and boardrooms and sexy fun punishment yeah what, a disco ball? yeah you might see one in the ceiling the next <laughs> i have one i have one here amazing it's very tiny and i i received it i did a retreat with layla martin this summer and it was a women's retreat with 100 women and we did um jade you know pussy weightlifting and yeah. she handed out for the weights to put on them disco balls we put these little tiny disco balls and i had a moment where um i looked up and it was just like a sea of naked women and disco balls i'm like i i i'm pretty sure i'm i'm on the right path in life yeah yeah the visualization i didn't know i needed yeah but thank you universe for winking at me and saying like you're doing great <laughs> yeah that's so funny i love it yeah yeah, yeah, so definitely get a disco ball for next time. I'll get a whiteboard. Mm -hmm. Okay. And yeah, that, that's all we need. It really is. Yeah. <laughs> and then we just create beautiful things all day. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Mm, let's take a deep <sighs> breath there, Zach, and really feel all of that in the body. Feeling so much gratitude for this conversation. So much electricity. And really remembering that yes, this was a fun and expansive conversation and such deep medicine, such deep medicine and permission in the space of relating. So thank you for sharing your quotes and your wisdom. Yeah, many more to come. This is um, by far, you know, biggest reason I'm here, I think, yeah. on this earth. So <clears throat> this, this stuff is, I mean, I really want to lead a charge, you know, of uh, healthier styles of, of relating that don't end up with uh, 50% marriage divorce rates and 80% of those being initiated by women. So, you know, yes. let's, let's, let's rewrite some codes and, and make, you know, yeah. our generation and, and the future ones a little bit more yes. relationally competent. Absolutely. I'm right there with you, brother. So right there with you. Fuck so for, yes. for everybody <clears throat> listening, Zach, where can we find you on the digital spaces? Yeah. Best place is probably going to be to search Facebook for the polarity dojo join the group and send me a friend request. Mm -hmm. um, that's where I spend most of my time. I'm on Instagram at fully aligned. Um, but yeah, we're actually about to launch a uh, group program, Kevin and I, next month. Mm -hmm. uh, this will be our second round. We did one last year. And so we're yeah really excited that 
you want to up to date on all the information and stuff there, we're posting a lot in this group, getting a whole group container together to do this work. You know, ah, not alone. Amazing. Amazing. Wow. To be held by you and Kevin simultaneously. Mm. Yum. But the fantasy. Yum. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, mm. thanks, thanks for the work and the play that you're doing yeah. in this world. Thank you. Mm. You are um you are definitely a divine woman and a and a muse. I'm always very inspired and I you're you're so much fun. Mm. I can't wait to do this in person soon. Same. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, I'm gonna stop recording. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <clears throat> Thank you for joining me today on the Shamanic Tantra podcast. To dive deeper on your Tantra journey, visit my website at hollytoraya.com for my online courses, books, private mentorships, and group coaching programs. Please subscribe to this podcast and share this episode with your friends. May you live in truth, beauty, and freedom. Love, Holly Toraya.